It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the show where I, Craig Rowan, invite someone over to my apartment to watch any TV show they choose, and we talk about it and other stuff. Uh, today, tonight, it's we're recording at night, yep. but you might listen to it during the day. You might in early morning. Um, my guest is Charlie Todd, who is the uh, man behind Improv Everywhere. And if you haven't heard of that, you haven't been on the internet in the last, like, seven years. I guess so. Um, hey, Craig, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks for having me over. Welcome to my apartment. I love it. Did you, um, this is your first time in my apartment? It is, I haven't spent a lot of time in, in Carroll Gardens. Or do you, do you keep your apartment quiet? Uh-oh. You don't want your Uh-oh. fans to just slip <laughs> up? Uh-oh, now, okay, now I know I'm going to be greeted outside the subway with all <laughs> the fans, I'm going to be harassed. Jeez, um, okay, this... My bad. No, 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 just... Just we're stopping. Um, <laughs> well, welcome, Charlie. Um, so every uh, episode, I invite somebody over. You are the creator of Improv Everywhere. That's right. How do you um, introduce that to people who've never heard of Improv Everywhere? I um, so I always say the same spiel, and I say that Improv Everywhere is a New York City-based prank collective that causes scenes of chaos and joy in public places. And I've said that thousands of times, uh, but that's but it's accurate. That is very accurate. It, I'd say that is it is chaos and joy. A lot of the ones that people are uh, aware of, or one of the most one that ties into today's episode, mm-hmm. is the um, Frozen Grand Central. Yeah, so that was a project that we did in 2007. Um, we had 200 people freeze in place in the main concourse of the Grand Central Terminal. Uh, we synchronized our watches in Bryant Park and then walked over individually and anonymously and blended in with the commuters and the tourists. And then at the pre-appointed time, everyone just froze in place. Some people were making active choices. Like one guy had like just dropped his briefcase and papers had scattered everywhere. And he was bending to pick them up just as he froze. Or another girl was like eating a banana and was like mid-bite. Um, and it was uh, the video got uploaded to YouTube um, a little while after that, but it took off and went more viral than anything we've ever done. It blew up. It blew up. Yeah. Um, and that was when YouTube was sort of just finding itself too, right? That was sort of 2007 was when it was before it was like the standard. Yeah, yeah. So we actually did it in 2007, and it didn't get uploaded until early 2008. Um, so YouTube was YouTube, but it was sort of YouTube 1.0 and they had that front page that was like curated. Right. Um, and the video took off with my subscribers and people who are aware of improv everywhere, but then it got put on that front page. Um, and I had a few videos over the years to get to that old YouTube front page and it was just insane because right. you would go, I mean, there'd be like five videos a day. Yeah. That I would remember be that. Updated that was like there. the Mecca of, um, online videos was that front page. Yeah. And now, you know, you can get to the front page other ways via subscription boxes or if it gets popular enough, it might show up there briefly, right. but it's not the same. It ain't the same, kids. It ain't the same. So what episode did you choose for us to watch? So I chose for us to watch um, an episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit. And I've only seen one episode of that program, and it's this episode. And to be fair, I've never seen any episode oh, great. of this show ever. <laughs> Good. We, will, we will both have no familiarity with the characters. <laughs> um, but so 
the Grand Central video went really crazy viral. And I guess what was maybe more interesting than the fact that people were watching it so much is that a lot of people went out and mimicked it. So in over the first three months, in like 100 cities around the world, people went out and froze in place for five minutes in a train station or a public square, filmed it, and put it on YouTube. So it was just, it kind of became a meme. Um, and it happened in like multiple cities in China and South Africa and all over Europe, like in the Middle East even. Um, so it was this kind of crazy thing. Global sensation. It was a global thing. Um, and then kind of right at the height of that, um, this thing with Law and Order happened. And I was, I was actually traveling to the UK um, to give a talk uh, in Manchester. And right when I landed, I turned on my phone when I got to my hotel, or I checked my email when I got to my hotel. And I had just like 100 emails from friends and strangers asking me about Law and Order. They had no idea what anybody was talking about. You know, did you know you're in Law and Order? Why are you in Law and Order? Are you mad at Law and Order? Did Law and Order give you permission, or did you give Law and Order permission? No idea. Um, and finally, like I got to one email that explained what happened, and they had recreated the Frozen Grand Central prank as part of the plot of this episode. And not only did they recreate it, but the man who recreates it is played by Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Who we have both improvised. With. Yes, exactly. Which he has this strange, weird connection yeah. with us. So, um, yeah, so that was the weird part. So the 200th episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit, um, they had Robin Williams as a guest star, sort of as a publicity stunt for the episode 200. And um, he plays a guy who lives in New York who has a website that he uses to coordinate large numbers of people to go out into public places and do unusual and disruptive things. So, so it, I, some, uh, things that create uh, scenes of chaos and joy, <laughs> pretty much. you could almost pretty say. Much. I, think, I think his character had a little bit of a different um, reason for doing these things right. than I do. But what you also quickly learn about his character is that he is a murderer and a sexual deviant. Hello. <laughs> and that is, that's where your story has diverged a little bit, <laughs> yes. right? Because you, I forget, are you a sexual deviant? I'm or? not, not particularly, though. <laughs> no. no. That's so amazing <laughs> that that not only did they rip it from the headlines, meaning the headline, the front page of YouTube, right. but that Robin Williams is playing it and they sort of s- sensationalized it to be involved with murder and rape. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, so it was the whole thing was very bizarre. Like, ultimately... It's flattering that this thing I created was popular enough that it was referenced in Law and Order and, in fact, recreated, you know, and not on a soundstage either. They went to Grand Central and, like, rented it out, and they must have done it in the middle of the night and had a bunch of extras, and they kind of shot for shot recreated it. Um, So that was all flattering, and for Robin Williams to sort of portray you on television, like, that's interesting and ultimately flattering, but... Yeah, the fact that he was a murderer made it made it weird for sure. Yeah, that's so funny. And I sort of felt like I mean I'm not a litigious person at all, and I you know I I, I think that you know lawsuits are an awful thing in our country most of the time, um, and I had no interest in doing anything about this sure. other than just kind of being like, well, what can I do? I'll post a link to it on my blog and say, isn't this weird? I mean, that's about all you can do in that situation. I think like. You know, because you, you can't copyright an idea, right? Like, even though they sort of, like, you could make the argument that they, I don't have copyright for the idea of people freezing in place, right? Right. I'm not the first person to do that. Um, you know, I'm sure, like, one caveman froze in place and the other guys laughed or whatever. Like, sure, you know, and, a, and Zach Morris. Zach Morris, timeout, time classic. Out. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, hey, yeah I, he did that. A too. lot of people say a lot of my work is very derivative of Say yeah, That About. Yes. 
definitely, definitely. Uh, but uh, so you know, I you can't copyright that. Like maybe there is some intellectual property, and in the fact that the specific choices that were made in the video of like there was a girl eating yogurt in my video, and like they had a girl eating yogurt, and the camera kind of zoomed in on her in the same way that it does in wow. my like just very specific creative elements you could maybe make a case that 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 was uh, intellectual property theft and if you're listening and you are a lawyer feel free to make a case <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean i you know i i i talked to my entertainment lawyer about it just like what do you think of this right. um never seriously and he told me that and i was like you know Look, I'm not going to be the guy that sues Law sure, Order, the sure. guy that sues NBC. That's ridiculous. Who cares? Um, ultimately, it's cool. And I think the only other, the only other like case that you could maybe make is like a libel case. Because, and this actually did bother me a little bit, which was, you know, I could be like in a meeting pitching improv everywhere right. to like a television network or trying to get a book deal or just any meeting that I might take in my life. Or even just a social thing, meeting somebody at a party. And I might say, like, hey, yeah, I'm the guy that does improv everywhere. Uh, oh, what's that? Oh, I did this Grand Central thing. You'd and ma- like, maybe oh, that, yeah. Oh, you mean you're the Robin Williams guy who murdered and raped people <laughs> exactly. and also did the Frozen Grand Central. Yeah. So it could be that, like, this person I'm meeting, like, has never heard of improv everywhere, but right. they're a huge Law & Order fan. And right, they immediately right. think I'm a murderer. Has that ever happened that somebody has... has- well, I think if that happened, you wouldn't know, right? Yeah, like that's true. the person at the cocktail party is going to be like, "Oh, that's right. Oh, right. I've heard of you, the murderer, <laughs> yeah. the murderer and the rapist." <laughs> that's like so, uh, an episode I mean, of the movie Clue. And by <laughs> yeah. ep- I don't know how there'd be an episode of that movie, but um, yeah. that's what that would be. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, I, the whole thing was funny. Yeah, I feel like that's very flattering to be. Which uh, the Law and Order. Uh, I mean, it's one of the most the biggest tv uh shows ever the uh, the it's the brand is and i think sv i mean the original's not on the air anymore right yeah, svu SV is sort of the is. flagship now maybe yeah. i don't know so we're gonna watch that episode again it's the 200th episode of law and order svu it's titled authority um and do you have any things that you think uh me uh, i should watch out for while we're watching or somebody who watched along should look out for um not really i mean uh, there is uh, Mo Rocca is also in the episode, mm. and Mo Rocca also sort of weirdly is me. It's sort of like the the Charlie Todd character has been divided into like Robin Williams and then his deputy Mo Rocca. Oh my! But God. I don't really have a deputy who also like leads meetings and stuff. So they split you up. They're like sort of. I mean, I, there are other people who collaborate with improv everywhere, but you know they they show Mo Rocca behaving as me several times too. Wow! I don't think Mo Rocca is a murderer. And by the way, I've talked to both Mo Rocca and Robin Williams about this Ooh. after the fact. We can talk about and that. And we'll talk about that after we watch it. So we're about to watch Authority, 200th, 200th episode. Um, let's do it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Law and order SVU. First a person finds a body. Then the cops look at the body. Then the cops find a criminal. Then the criminal goes to court. And the lawyer yells and cries Then the judge decides on something People yell and cry some more Law and order is for you I want to thank you Showing us the process the law It's very important to see Law and order is for you Alright, so we just finished watching Authority Law and order SVU, the 200th episode 
Uh, and we're right now looking at the um, place card after the episode that says the preceding story was fictional. No actual person or event was depicted, which is actually pretty interesting. I'm not putting it by the them, but there was sort of an actual event <laughs> depicted. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's their uh, card to prevent them from getting in trouble. Because I guess. if they say it, it's true. Yeah, but, but, it's, but they also say that they rip their stories from the headlines, and it is, yeah, it is, in a way, it's like, it's, I guess it's good for me that they say it's fictional so people don't think I'm sure, a crazy sure. Robin Williams character. But at the same time, it's kind of insulting. Like, you did... I mean, I don't think they depicted me. But no, they did, no, not they, at but all. But they did depict my event. That's true. That's true. But, I, yeah, it should sort say of. no actual person. But it was, and there was an event depicted. <laughs> Actually, and two they depicted, events. Because yeah, they, the, they did the... Um, so, in the episode... It's a very elaborate episode. I've never watched Law and Order SVU, but it's actually very entertaining. I was entertained throughout the episode. Yeah, it's a, it's a thriller. Yeah, it was it was definitely um pretty cool, but the it was very elaborate because it starts with Robin Williams' character. It starts with a molestation in a Happy Burger, which is a franchise where, where Scott Adsit plays. Where Scott Adsit plays a, a manager of a Happy Burger, and he um, Scott Adsit gets a phone call that he's supposed to molest a woman because uh, the person on the phone is a detective. And right. uh, uh, and you were saying that that actually is based on. Yeah, a, I remember seeing like a Dateline or Twenty Twenty story about this actual case. It was like in the Midwest, some crazy guy like called like dozens of fast food chains and got their managers to molest female employees which is pretending that he was a cop and that some convoluted reason like she's smuggling drugs upper butt so you can search her search her you know do a cavity search which is so crazy because when the episode started i was like oh my god this is so fake and ridiculous and then immediately they're like well this is real yeah so crazy yeah um but so uh this is a very elaborate story where robin williams uh, does the this weird molestation thing, and he's all about proving that people will always listen to authority. And then it and it, it stems from this fact that his wife died in child labor because he questioned his doctor because the the birth was really long. The doctor said they should do it one way. Robin Williams said another way. Blah blah blah. In the end, Robin Williams was right, but the the wife died because of the doctor. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it the episode twice now. I mean, I've seen the the clip of the Grand Central thing a bunch because it's on the internet, but um, the whole episode's only the second time I've seen it, and I still don't fully understand his motivations. Yeah. I don't understand the third act at all, why he, like, ties up one of the detectives. Well, it's really interesting because his... So his, in the, the thing, his character's all about, like, don't listen to authority, question authority. He has this... He's on uh, Morning Joe, the TV show, and he has a pin that he's with a sheep, how did and, he get on Morning Joe, by the way? Like, somebody is accused of being, like, uh, like a sex criminal, and he gets off. He gets off. And then off, you get to go on Morning like, Joe? <laughs> yeah, you make the rounds on all the morning TV shows. He's on Morning Joe with a, a, a sheep, and he has a pin that says X over a sheep. So his whole thing is question authority, don't be a sheep. And then that segues into him hosting these events, right. like Frozen Grand Central, and then this other event where he is... Um, Hitting uh, it's the pillow a, fight, the pillow fight, yeah. which is another real event. Yeah, pillow fight. I think was like a, a concept that started in the UK. They had like pillow fight club, and it was sort of like fight club except pillow fight club. Um, and then it is now popular worldwide. There's a group called New Mind Space that does the one in New York every year. Very cool. Yeah, and it, but it, the weird thing is, his characters like don't listen to authority. He's very political. Very like his things lead to murder 
and molestation, and then the big events are just these fun, fun. Like he's like <laughs> this politically. He's like, wake, open up your eyes, and then he's just like, um, yeah, let's do a pillow fight. It's <laughs> really weird, like because I think like I get that the writers for these shows pull their stories from the headlines and. Anyway, I mean, you could argue that's lazy or whatever, but it's interesting. Yeah, and cool, and, and yeah. truth is stranger than fiction, blah, blah, blah. And I think, like, there could be an interesting, like, story that could stem from an Improv Everywhere project. Sure, yeah. where Even the Grand Central project where, like, during that moment where, you know, people froze in place, something weird happened or, right. or a crime happened a crime. Or, or something. But, like, you know, it's... it's just, it just... It does seem like a really... It was just sort of, like, shoehorned in. Sure, like, yeah. For, for the... Third act of the show. Let's just do some like. Let's do two notable events that people might recognize. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do you think like this is my question was when he was being all political? Like, do you? I mean, I think that. Do you find that there's a politicalness to what you guys do? What you do? There's not. So yeah. So I sort of think like uh, Robin Williams' characters group um, would sort of be like improv everywhere if improv everywhere is had an agenda right or if improv everywhere's agenda was to like stick it to the man and um you know question authority and all that i mean you know a lot of the projects that we do i'd say the vast majority of the projects we do are unauthorized you know i did uh, a new project on a subway car last night that we did not have permission for right and i was sort of worried that the someone from the mta uh would stumble onto it and kick us out um and we've had the cops called on us you know when best buy dialed 911 when i brought 100 people in wearing their uniform um so we do have a history of like sort of not playing by the rules, but the purpose is because it's funny. Right. The purpose is to do something that's funny and to make people laugh, and it makes us laugh, and it's comedy. So I think, like, if if I was not a comedian and I was more of an activist and also a murderer and a rapist, then, right, right, <laughs> maybe right, that's right. what improv everybody Under the be. surface, you're a, comp- a murderer, rapist, and you fake the murderer to be a suicide. I'm not even clear how he murdered someone, though. Well, they never explained that. The, the the thing is, he the doctor had had a little bit of alcohol content in his body. He was driving thirty miles per hour in a car. Then it sped up to sixty, went through a red light, and hit a semi semi truck. See, so he orchestrated some kind of like remote like, remote control car yeah. thing that knew at that intersection. So he he must have been there. It's very elaborate. Yeah. All of his all of his things are super. See, that's the thing is too is like all of his rape murder stuff is so elaborate and then all the events are like these nice simple like right. elegant uh, right. things no it's like any one of the weird things he did could have been an entire episode like yeah, instead of something that was dealt with for a minute very strange so you um you hinted at before we watch it that you have talked to robin williams about the the you've talked to him before so yeah. did you bring up the the episode yeah so I, i've talked to both him and moraka and i met moraka first um and i was in the jamba juice on seventh avenue uh over near ucb and uh i placed my order and then i was over in the area where you're waiting to get your jamba juice and i realized that moraka was like either behind me or ahead of me in line. So we were both just sort of standing there waiting for our name to be called. I was like, oh, I'm going to say something to him. So I introduced myself to him. Um, at that time, he was working with Will Hines, who's a oh, mutual friend of Mo ours. Morocco 360. Yeah, yeah. It. Working yeah. on um, AOL series of Morocco. So, you know, I'm always hesitant to, like, talk to people um, who are famous. Uh, but, you know, 
I wanted to talk about Law and Order, but my icebreaker was like, hey, uh, Mo, I think you know my friend Will Hines. I know you guys work together. He's like, oh, yeah, Will's great. Um, and I was like, I actually uh, wanted to to tell you that you sort of played me on Law and Order. <laughs> and you know, I love being able to say that. It's like such a weird, like, is such you know, a weird introduction. Thing. And but, in the episode, he is, because he's on the megaphone, he's telling people what to do. And then yeah. I don't think, I know you guys don't do this, but he blows a whistle yeah. to sort of start the uh, events. That was sort of like the most offensive thing to me about the grand central depiction <laughs> is that you know we had synchronized watches like we entered in there it was very undercover and that's really what's cool about it yeah, is that absolutely. out of nowhere time stopped 200 people just froze and in in this version of it mo Rocca stands on a stepladder gets on a megaphone and screams no sheep a couple of times and then blows a whistle so it's like it completely defeats i like, feel like that's the parents version of it you right. know like you know that's how a parent would interpret it you right know, like no sheep no sheep no sheep <laughs> and i've i i will say that some of the people who have mimicked legitimately gone out and mimicked it have used a whistle or some kind of mm-hmm, noise mm-hmm. it's definitely like the shorthand way to do it but sure. to me it just sort of announces something weird's about to happen right rather than the elegance of just everybody freezing, freezing out of people nowhere being weirded or, you know reacting to it yeah, naturally exactly so um anyway i told him that he remembered the episode and um remembered you know uh that they had rented out grand central and all that and I, he was aware that it was something that was like a he was aware it was a viral video mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um he didn't know me personally or that there was like a guy in charge that maybe he was playing but but he i think he had seen the video before the shoot um robin williams um i was doing ASCAT one night and robin williams showed up for the um the second show at the ucb theater the improv show and um which was crazy um and the only other time i'd seen him do improv was when you did improv with him yeah, right that was pretty crazy too yeah, yeah we, we just i was on a herald night uh, at the ucb and he showed up wanted to perform and then half an hour later we were performing with him on stage yeah so I, yeah, I think that's more common in UCB LA because he's in LA yeah, more. Sure. But it's happened, I think, only twice at in New York that he's dropped by and and sat in with the show. Uh, so I was in the green room with him for you know like twenty minutes before the show started, and I didn't bring it up right away, but I had a moment with him, and I was like, "Hey, Robin, I just wanted to tell you that you played me in Law and Order, and." Um, just so you know, I'm not a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Oh my God, rape and molestation. (laughs) Happy burger. Um, but, uh, you know, know, he was nominated for an Emmy for this part. Actually. Yeah. He's good. And he yells and he cries. And I, that looked like a real tear. (laughs) I think his acting is good. And he deserved the Emmy. Not, I don't think he won. Um, but, um, what was interesting is that he had no idea that it was based on any, uh, real event at all. Mm -hmm. Um, no one had shown him the viral video. Um, of the Grand Central thing. And, you know, I, I explained to him, like, okay, well, I run this group, Improv Everywhere, and we do a lot of events. And, and one thing we did was to get people to freeze in place in Grand Central. And it, his reaction was very funny because he was just like, oh, wow. Well, that must have been amazing. What was that like? And I want to just be like, well, you you know what it was like. You did it. <laughs> like, it was with extras, and, you know, you rented the place out. But it's probably very similar Pro- to what it was like when you did it. Probably the most <laughs> accurate recreation of what, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, he was super nice about it. And he just kept asking me questions about it and saying like, oh, that's, tell me more. That's amazing. Um, so, but I thought that was funny, but I, I, I found him to be like a super nice guy. I mean, I, yeah, he was very nice. He was and fun very to play with. fun and obviously hilarious. I mean, when you guys play with him in a situation where like you were an existing team yeah. and you were doing the Herald, which is like a very specific structure. Yeah. We had like time before it cause we, we had warm, we, we would warm up before our shows and, uh, and we were like, should we warm up with him? And he was like, yeah, let's warm up. And we warmed up with him. We like explained, and he had done 
Harold's, I think, back when he studied yeah. wherever he studied, and he knew what we were doing. We sort of explained it to him, and I yeah. think he was like really into it. And once we got on stage, he was like part of the show and was like, we did group games, and he did the whole. It was really crazy that he actually like did the form. And yeah, it was really impressive to watch. Um, and that was guys- like the one thing that it was like I can oh I can explain. To my parents, that like cuts right through everything. Right, where it's like, oh, you perform with this comedy legend. Yeah, but I feel like that must have been the same too with with the show in a way that like, I mean, how did you? How did your family react to it? I feel like that this is a big or people that you knew. Well, you know, honestly, the most frustrating thing about um, the whole thing was that I didn't see it. You know, I was on a plane to England at the time, and this was, um, it probably aired in 2008. It was only a few months, I think, after the video had gone viral mm-hmm. that it aired. Um, and, you know, I hadn't DVR'd it. Um, I don't know if Hulu existed, or I don't know right. what Special Victims Unit would go on on the internet, but it was not online. And I had to wait, like, a month, maybe two months before they reran it on a Saturday night, before I could even see it. Um, I think somebody like took put a clip up it up in like Meta Cafe or something, mm-hmm. and I I put that on my website, and then that got like taken down due to copyright. But um, so yeah, that was what I was maddest about. Was like, okay, well, you're gonna do an episode that's based on my event. You don't need my permission, whatever. Like, I'm not mad about that. I'm really not mad about anything. But like, it would have been cool if like a producer or a PA had sure. emailed me, and be like, hey, heads up. This thing you did is going to be yeah, especially like, also, set, I mean, set your set your DVR because it is also the cool thing about Law and Order or all these shows is that they're like New York, you know, that yeah. they're very New York. So you'd think that that would be that they might tip you off or something. I'm sure somebody yeah, involved I, at some point did know that it was. Yeah, I can't I can't remember who, but I think it's a friend of my wife's who was like an editor or um, worked in post production somehow. I was like, oh yeah, I worked on the episode. Yeah, that was crazy. I thought that was like your thing, right? I was like, yeah, you should tell me. Like, <laughs> Doug, that would be cool to know about. Heads up, man. Yeah. Um, that's that's so funny. Do you find that um, people often, because this is like a very unique version of it, but that people often like, I wouldn't say they misinterpret it, but that they like use your ideas in a way that is different or has its own agenda. Definitely. Definitely. So, you know, I, I'm very much into politics and, um, am politically active personally, but I just like keep politics or activism totally separate from improv everywhere. Cause that's to me, that's, it sort of like tarnishes the, the, the event. So like, you know, if you're walking through Grand Central and you notice that somebody just stops in front of you and they're frozen, you know, mid sip of their drink and then you turn behind you and there's a man frozen in place tying his shoes or whatever and you have that experience briefly of like it seems like time has stopped. It seems like I've gone crazy. And then it comes back to life and I think that's sort of like a magical moment making someone sort of, you know, witness something spectacular. And I think if you if you notice that all the people frozen in place are wearing t-shirts that say like, you know, in the Afghanistan war, right. then like it's not magical. It's like, oh, this is a clever protest. Right, right. I get it. I'm going to keep going to my train. I'm I'm not amazed at all. And there have been people who have done that. I mean, I, I even specifically gone to Grand Central and frozen in place with an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a group that did it at at some point, it had something to do with Iran. I think it was when, uh, during the Green Revolution or whatever, there were some people who like wore some some T-shirts pertaining to Iran and frozen place in Grand Central. And it's happened, um, you know, in other places too, where people have repeated events of mine or even just done similar type 
events and tactics, you know, for activism or for marketing or for a number of other things. Um, I, I guess most well-known about a f- another, uh, about around the same time as this, a few months after Grand Central went viral, uh, T-Mobile did a big like dance thing in Liverpool station in London okay. that went very viral. And it wasn't people freezing in place. It was their own idea. It was like a medley of songs and it was a choreographed dance. Um, and, uh, but the way they shot it and the way they sort of set it up was very, it was very clearly, it was very clear that the creative director of the ad agency had seen my successful video right. and well, wanted something like that. That reminds me, and this is kind of uh, ups- I, upsetting that I can admit this, but in one of the, I forget which movie it is, but either Friends with Benefits yeah. or what was the other one? Uh, Friends with Benefits. It was what Friends with Benefits. Yeah, not No Strings Attached. Yes, very similar. <laughs> they came out right at the same time. Both had somebody from uh, uh They both had to do with best friends becoming sex friends. Yes, exactly. I think, <laughs> I think that should have been the tagline for both of those movies. Yeah. Um, but they at the end of that movie. So uh, I haven't seen it. Oh, a lot well, of people bring it up, but I haven't. But seen yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So I was watching it. Um, he does something in Grand Central, right? Yeah. So at the oh, gosh, spoiler alert. I'm sorry if you really yeah. want to see Friends with Benefits. Turn, turn it, off. it off. Turn it off right now. But um, at the end of the movie, they uh, to sort of win her back. Justin Timberlake, Jay Tim's. Um, hosts or has an event where people in Grand Central. Uh, are dancing and I think I forget if they're wearing colors but it's this big choreographed dance right. number in Grand Central but it's so bizarre because I feel like every single person at Grand Central is involved so it makes it makes <laughs> right. just no sense it's right. like they're like because my dad goes to Grand Central like I could never imagine like somebody who's going to work be involved in a dance right to yeah win back a girl like, when my we, dad would not do that when we did frozen grand central we did it in like a saturday afternoon at like 2 30 right when it's not particularly not crowded busy. and i think when law and order did it and probably when this movie did it it was probably at like 2 a.m sure. or something when they rented it out but um the weird thing about the justin timberlake movie is that i actually got an email when the movie was in production from someone on the movie saying like, Hey, we're doing a movie with Justin Timberlake. We want to do two flash mobs in New York, one in times square, one in grand central. And we want you to be involved. Um, I hate the word flash mob, by the way, I don't want to get into that, but you don't like Howie Mandel. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, the term flash mob sort of came about a couple of years after improv and right, started. Right, right. And, at this point, it's sort of a really generic term that just means like – it almost just means dancing in public. Yeah, now. right. A big group uh, yeah. doing some sort of dance. Which is not what it meant in 2003 when a guy who's not me started this thing called the Mob Project that got called a fla- – the, fla- the term flash mob was invented then. But and nowadays, it just means tons of people dancing. Right. And it's not even really a prank or a surprise. Like, anyway, um, I could talk about that for a while. But <laughs> I, so so my like, – like my uh, – the warning signs went up when, you know, it's like, we want to do a flash mob with Justin Timberlake. Right. And it's like, eh, this is probably not for me. And I think I investigated it, and it wasn't like, we want to hire you to consult on the movie or we want you to produce one of your events. It was basically like, the script's written, we're doing some dance and flash mobs, we're coming to you because we think you'll be able to get us a bunch of free actors. Or, you uh-huh, know, like, uh-huh. I think sometimes people will come to me and think I'm like a, a casting director. They're like, hey, we need 2,000 people to wear Doritos t shirts in Times Square tomorrow oh, and boy. dance for free. Uh, and they, oh, but they get to keep the t shirt. You know, it's like, no. Well, I don't. If next time that happens, it. let me know because I do want a Doritos t shirt. <laughs> that sounds very appealing. Uh, so I guess I. 
I could. They did at least give me a heads up, sort of like they weirdly wanted me to be involved in that movie. But I haven't seen it. I need to see it. So why do you think? But is there is there sort of a Charlie Todd character in that movie? No, 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 no. But isn't there like a local troupe that he works with? Oh, that's a good guy. You know, I I have to say I caught it from like the second half on, so I didn't miss the first Uh, half where that might have been set up. I my I think they also do a flash mob in Times Square. I think the beginning. I think they meet at a flash mob. Uh, I have to in Times Square. You should watch the whole movie. I know. I, I. Gosh. I, I actually, I need, I need to first, watch it. At first, I was embarrassed that I watched it, and now <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I only watched the second <laughs> half of it. When it was a great movie, um, but yeah, it, it, it. Uh, I, I mean, that must happen all the time where people want to, because it's such. I mean, the great thing about improv everywhere is it's so, it cuts through everything. It's just pure sort of fun. You get it immediately. Like when you see stuff that you do, it's instantly understandable right. it's really fun you can see and the videos are well produced where you can see people's reactions they're right. very these honest cool reactions and i feel like that's so appealing and then when a, I, I assume when a company or or something wants to grab it or um like in this show utilize it in some other way it loses that magic and it loses that yeah. like the thing that makes it universally loved and why they're like global events of it yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who will see one of our videos and one see the see the popularity of them in terms of like view count, and also see the popularity in terms of some of the things we do. Thousands of people might be participating at right. the same time. Like we did this MP3 experiment project this summer, where there was almost four thousand people, you know, doing this event together. And a lot of people, there's a certain type of personality. Well, they'll see that, and their immediate reaction is, oh all these thousands of people are coming together and doing this thing. Oh, they should do that for my thing. Right. right? So then I get the email that like, you know, Oh, can you do something for my brand? Can you do something for my political cause or my pet cause or pet project or charity or whatever? And it, it might be a political cause. I agree with, it might be a great charity or whatever, but it's, it's just not the point of what we do. Right. Um, and particularly if it's like a brand or something, um, you know, yeah, I can send one email and I can get 4,000 people in New York to come out and do something. But that's because they know it's going to be fun. They know it's not a commercial. Right. Like, I I could probably get a couple hundred people to come out to that Doritos commercial, just like sort of really bored, desperate people who <laughs> who want to get out of the house and do something. Or who but... really love Doritos. They just like, yeah. I want Doritos, baby. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people and also just like, you know, brands aren't like commercials aren't working anymore. People have DVR, they watch stuff on the internet. So, you know, people are trying to market things in a new way and just doing things out in public space is, you know, marketers are starting to creep into the public space. Yeah, well, I've noticed that recently that that's like the new, it's like ads Mm 2.0 or, uh, I was in, I, I, through UCB won a like a Ford a Fiesta car through sort of like a web oh, right, yeah. advertising thing and I was like obviously super excited to <laughs> to win a car for a year but like I was like how does this even work like the, I feel like the, these ad companies know that they should be doing it but they haven't really figured out like yeah. how to do it like yeah there's some growing pains we're like yeah because through this thing like that i did i was like how is this advertisement i just <laughs> i just got a car you had to make some videos right we had to make videos but it wasn't like 
But those they videos were great. not like yeah, it's put like, up put on TV or yeah. And it's like once I got a car, we it was like me and like Mike Still and Eli knew it was like once we got a car, we weren't that motivated to make great videos anymore. <laughs> so you yeah, gave, you gave us the car. It wasn't like, like Doritos Crash the Super Bowl where you're like working really hard to make the commercial, right? Hoping that you'll win a million dollars or whatever they get. Exactly. This is like here's a million dollars. Go make some now make more videos. It's like uh, okay, here's like two really short videos that I don't I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, I think as like brands are trying to figure out doing non traditional marketing, there's definitely some stumbling, and I've seen a lot of improv everywhere style branded things that are flops, and you know it sucks because sometimes I get blamed for them or like you know something that I created or at least a trend that I helped create. Um, is being co-opted so much by activists and right. and um, marketers and all that that like people start seeing that and they start getting a little weary of the whole trend, you know. Which is why, like, I I just try to always be different. Like, you know, I, I could have Frozen Grand Central was such a hit. I could have like gone on tour and made a million videos of freezing in different places right. or whatever and tried to be like the freeze guy, but you know. I'm more interested in just trying to constantly do new ideas. Name could have been Mr. Freeze. I could. That would have been great. That would have been really good. But I think that that's, again, that's what's really cool about it. But, I mean, people blaming you for this trend is that's makes no sense. I mean, It doesn't that's make like, any sense, but, that's but like bloggers anything. have done it. That, because sure. that's like art in general or, right. you know, whatever. It's like, you know, that becomes a trend because it's notable and it right. it, and it sparks people's imagination you can't blame the people that are copying you for being you know that's not you you're the innovator you're you're an innovator well some people have deliberately said improv everywhere this is your fault you Mm -hmm. know that this the bottom of the barrel watered down versions like that that's somehow my fault when it's like well i hate it i hate it just as much as you do and yeah i'm sure you you get you dislike it more than anybody else and then i think the other side of it is people who maybe just aren't even that aware of improv everywhere or just like that's that's uh, that gets on my nerves when i'll see someone be like oh check out this awesome improv everywhere thing and it is like some commercial that i didn't work right on. where it's so, a misconception where they yeah. they link you but um, you know it's cool it Whatever. is what it is can't complain too much yeah um so one thing i do on it's that episode is i have um my guest uh make up a drinking game based on the episode that we just yeah. watched so um, that might be hard with this one because there's oh, so I've got many elements. So what? So what would one be one thing that you would drink to in this episode? I think the the best drinking game for Law and Order Special Victims Unit, maybe the whole series, mm. having only seen one episode, would be anytime there is a reaction shot close up of someone's face where they do not speak. Yes, yes, a lot of there was one reaction shot where one of the characters I don't know her name. Somebody else was talking. It wasn't even really a reaction shot. She was just sort of scratching her neck, and that made it on. And then in the jury scene where Robin Williams is giving his speech, there's maybe, I'd say, probably, try not to exaggerate, eight seconds worth of a couple different yeah. people with no dialogue, just yeah. just looks. And then there was, a, there was a moment in like the detective's office, too, where someone said something and just music played while they went through everyone in the room and gave them two seconds of FaceTime. And then my other one I'd, I'd throw out uh, one would be anytime I jokingly they were looking at a security video and I said enhance and then they actually said enhance <laughs> so that's anytime they enhance a video or but use then, an enhance then later video. in the episode they had they put the guy 
in the, the enhancer. In, yeah, they, the enhancer was on like uh, on trial. Uh, yeah, describing how to enhance a video. Yeah, they they were very, were very specific in how enhance works. And then that my uh, the, I think another uh, thing would be anytime a piece of information comes up, and then immediately somebody comes in from another room and and knows more information that leads to another part of like everybody yeah. knew something that led to what was ice T's line when he came in out of nowhere oh like, yeah what today's was... your lucky day or it was better yeah. than that yeah yeah it was like i think it was like that it was like <laughs> today's your lucky day because i know exactly what you're talking about i could overhear in the hallway this thing that you were saying and i then, have more information and then in one scene they were discussing that this that robin williams alibi was that he had a fishing permit and then like the the chief comes in he's like fishing permit my friend tried to get a fishing permit this weekend. They're not allowing it because of uh, some pollution. You know, it's like what? I know. Um, so those are a couple of drinking things. What would you? What would you have the? Uh, what would you drink during that drinking game? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, you would be. You might die if you were drinking uh, straight liquor. So. Straight, straight up liquor. Yeah, it can't be. I don't know. I guess it would have to be a, a sips of beer or something. Right? I'd, I'd say it might be. I would suggest maybe the water from where Robin Williams maybe disappeared to at the end <laughs> that you drink water from Presumably the, the East River. From the East River. Yeah. yeah. That's such a vague, weird ending that yeah. they they sort of so at the end of the episode, Robin Williams sets up this uh Milgram test where he's testing Christopher Maloney to see if he will shock his partner. And then as they're leaving, Robin Williams blows up the building, disappears, runs through a bush and then the two maybe into the east river maybe they the two detectives who are obviously good detectives say if he went into the river with his handcuffs on he would have died and is that true i don't know i think you can tread water but <laughs> they didn't even check for a splash area they didn't check for anything and then they just walked away as if that was the only place he could have hidden yeah so he yeah and there was no like evidence from the director, like they didn't show like a little like bubbles coming up from the right, river exactly. Or something. Like, and there they was no clue, and they didn't indicate that they were gonna they were gonna look into it at all. No. Like they weren't like just executive we gotta, Dick Wolf. It's we got to drag the river. They never mentioned that at all. Yeah. Um, great way to end an episode. Well, you know, maybe he he can come back. I mean, might have might have been on purpose. Hey, he almost won an Emmy. Maybe he'll be back. Episode three hundred or four hundred or whatever as, it is. What was Millet Rook? Merritt Millet, Rook. Merritt Rook will strike again. Yeah. Um. Awesome. So, um, great. Thank you so much, Charlie. Do you have anything that you would like to plug or uh, anything coming up for Improv Everywhere that we should look out for? Uh, Improv Everywhere's got new projects coming up. Um, so check out uh, improveverywhere.com or youtube.com slash improveverywhere. And uh, other than that, I play on a team called The Curfew at UCB. So we're up on Saturday nights. Awesome. Very funny group. Very funny man. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thank you, Craig. Bye. 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 Well, that was very fun uh, watching that episode of Law & Order SVU with Charlie. Uh, Charlie actually emailed me after we watched it together and sent me an email that he received that completely related to what we were talking about today. So I thought I'd share it with you. I'm going to change the name uh, to protect the lives of the innocent. Hello. My name is Gorbin Limp. I'm coming to you for a favor. I'd like to know if you can organize a flash dance in NYC so I can impress the girl I'm currently seeing. We both have very busy schedules, and I believe that if we get caught in one of them, like Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis and Friends with Benefits, we, we would straighten out bond we have for each other, and the specific song would be Crash Into Me by the Dave Matthews Band. 
If there is anything I can do to ensure that this happens, let me know. Gorbin Limp. And I apologize if I med- read that a little weird, but there's almost zero punctuation <laughs> in the uh, email. So Charlie uh, let me know that he is not going to uh, create that flash dance for the couple, but I hope they have a very, very happy time straightening out bond they have for each other. Uh, check in later in the week. I'll let you know what's coming up next week, but I'm going to tell you right now it's going to be a lot of fun. So I ho- hope you enjoyed it, and I'll talk to you soon. Have an early tomorrow and a great dinner. Adios, amigos. Mm-hmm.